Welcome to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. I'm Carol Van Dam in Washington, and here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan this Friday, March 10th, 2023. Have President Kiir and Vice President Machar resolved their differences after the SPLMIO's defense minister was sacked? And health officials urge Upper Nile State residents to get vaccinated against cholera. We advise the public to use clean drinking uh, water treated with chlorine or boiling and uh, uh, as well as um, wash uh, their hands. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. The long-awaited meeting between President Salva Kiir and First Vice President Riyad Machar ended without a resolution on the firing of the Minister of Defense, Angelina Tenney, who is with the SPLMIO. The minister in the office of the president, Barnaba Mariel Benjamin, told reporters this past hour in Juba that the two leaders have agreed to meet again in the future. After extensive, friendly deliberations in the spirit of cooperation, the two principles agreed in the spirit of dialogue, frank dialogue and cooperation to convene another meeting at a later date to find amicable solutions to these issues that they had discussed. Mariel says the atmosphere at the meeting between Kier and Machar was friendly, despite concerns raised by the SPLMIO over the firing of the country's defense minister. After extensive, friendly deliberations in the spirit of cooperation, the two principles agreed in the spirit of dialogue, frank dialogue and cooperation, to convene another meeting at a later date to find amicable solutions to these issues that they had discussed. Mariel insists that the two leaders discuss the thorny issues with open minds and sincerity. He says the two leaders are serious about finding a solution to the current looming tension between the SPLMIO and the ruling party. The atmosphere was friendly. The atmosphere reflected a spirit of commitment to peace, reconciliation, forgiveness and prosperity and the good for the people of this country. So the two principals have agreed to continue to discuss these issues and promise to find an amicable solution to all parties. That report was prepared for us by Juliana Siapai in Juba. The Reconstituted Joint Monitoring and Evaluation Commission, or RJMEC, the body tasked with overseeing implementation of the peace deal, is calling on the president and first vice president to amicably resolve their dispute over Defense Minister Tenney and who is under the control of the president's ruling party now. Viola Elias has this report for VOA from Juba. 
Last week, President Kiir announced the removal of Defense and Veteran Affairs Minister Teng and Interior Minister Mahmoud Solomon. In another degree, he swapped control of the ministry to the SPLM in government and the Interior Ministry to the SPLM in opposition. Since that time, politicians, activists and ordinary citizens have expressed fear that the decision could jeopardize the implementation of the peace agreement and may even cause the country to slip back into war. In a statement issued yesterday, the Monitoring Commission said it is willing to help the two leaders if they cannot resolve the issue. Charles Tai, acting chairperson for the RGMEC, encouraged talks between Kir and Machar and praised the two for agreeing to meet today. RGMEC welcomes the decision of the president and the first vice president to meet and discuss the issue of the removal of the Minister of Defense and Veteran Affairs and the swapping of the two ministries. In that regard, we urge the parties to observe the letter and spirit of the Revitalized Agreement on the resolution of the conflict in the Republic of South Sudan. Tai says the peace monitoring body advised the parties to seek solutions from the peace monitors if they cannot resolve the issue on their own. If there is a deadlock between the parties to the agreement, a referral can be made to RJMEC to engage the parties with a view to finding a compromise and recommending measures to break the deadlock. With less than 24 months of the extended transition period remaining, it is important that this issue be resolved as soon as possible. Edimonia Kani, chairperson of the Right Group's Community Empowerment for Progress organization, says 10 removals goes against the spirit of the 2018 peace deal. On the latest disagreement that has merged when His Excellency President issued a degree for swapping the Minister of Defense and Interior between SPLM and SPLMIO and relieving the Minister of SPLMIO without any consultation and consensus, which is in violation of the spirit of the agreement. Earlier this week, the Joint Monitoring and Evaluation Commissions and the Ceasefire and Transitional Security Arrangement Monitoring and Verification Mechanism, or Citizen VM, conducted a two-days workshop on enhancing the role and participation of women in implementing the agreement. RGMEC Acting Chairperson Tai says inclusivity and participation are the key factors in the implementation of the deal and he is urging the partners in the national government to quickly implement it. For VOA News, I am Viola Elias in Juba. South Sudan health ministry officials are urging Upper Nile state residents to get vaccinated against cholera after an outbreak was reported in the capital this week. The health ministry says more than 170 cases were reported in Malakal. A ministry official says the people in Upper Nile should not only get vaxxed but observe good sanitation practices. Dangai Deng has the story for VOA from Bohr. South Sudan's Ministry of Health on Wednesday declared the outbreak after more than 170 cases of cholera were reported in Malakal this week. The ministry says at least one person has died from the disease. Two samples were confirmed positive in the protection of civilians or POC sites in Malakal. Minister of Health Yolanda Awilding said the ministry first received an alert of a suspected cholera outbreak in Malakal on February 22nd, and the National Rapid Response Team was deployed to conduct a preliminary epidemiological investigation and verification. Dr. Joru Munu, Director General for Preventive Health Services at the Ministry of Health, urged Upper Nile residents to get vaccinated against cholera immediately and practice good hygiene. We advise the public to uh, use clean drinking uh, water, 
treat it with chlorine or boil, and uh, uh, as well as um, wash uh, their hands um, uh, when preparing food, when eating, when coming from um, the toilet, and even when cleaning uh, a child after uh, defecation. And people should uh, defecate in uh, latrines and toilets, not in uh, open spaces. At the moment, um, the outbreak is only in, in Malakal, but um, historically, in South Sudan, when outbreak starts in one part of the country, it can uh, also uh, be exported to other parts of the, uh, of the country. Dr. Rumunu says health personnel have recorded 179 cholera cases and one death in Malakal since February 22nd. He says 59% of the cases are male and 41% are female, with children under four years old being the most affected. He says the health ministry has deployed an additional multidisciplinary rapid response team, including an epidemiologist, a case manager, workers with infection prevention and control. Dr. Rumunu says the team is conducting an in-depth investigation to determine the magnitude of the outbreak and call up support if needed. Together with our partner WHO, we plan an OCV campaign to be conducted in Malakal. Uh, targeting uh, about 53,000 uh, individuals one year and above this much. Uh, I'm happy to report that we have um, uh, already 58,729 doses of OCV available in Malakal cold chain. So, yes, um, oral cholera vaccine is one of the interventions. Malaka resident Peter Yuan says infections are the worst among children and the elderly. Yuan says a shortage of health workers and facilities in the area presents a challenge. There's a challenge, a lot of challenges. Because in America, uh, people are drinking, some of the uh, population are drinking water in the river, okay, which is uh, too bad, by the way. And also, people are not aware because to prevent themselves because of this disease. And uh, the challenges, most challenges, uh, the facility, which is uh, the government hospital, uh, there's uh, some, they are not working at night. At night, they're just working at daytime. Cholera is an acute enteric infection caused by ingesting the bacteria by briocolore, which is present in contaminated water or food. According to the UN Health Agency, World Health Organization, most people infected with cholera do not experience symptoms, and if they do, the symptoms are mild. However, most severely cases can become fatal within hours if untreated as cholera can cause acute watery diarrhea and vomiting, which can lead to severe dehydration. Cholera is easily treatable through prompt administration of oral dehydration solution or ORS and successful rehydration therapy. For VOA News, I am Deng Gaideng in Bor. 
As part of Women's History Month, we are taking a closer look at a number of women's initiatives and issues in South Sudan. Women activists there say they want the government to enforce the African Charter on human and people's rights regarding the rights of women in Africa. It's a law known as the Maputo Protocol and was signed into law by President Kiir last month. But women say much more must be done. Waki Simon Wudu has the story for VOA from Juba. What about the illiterates and those who are still dying down there because of cultural issues? As the last person, then we go to second round. Hi, uh, thank you for that presentation. Dozens of activists, mainly women, took part in a roundtable debate this afternoon in Juba on justice mechanisms, including a legal framework for addressing conflict-related sexual violence in South Sudan. The activists wrapped up the event by praising Parliament and President Kiir for signing into Law de Maputo Protocol. But Zabib Musa Lauro, executive director of Women for Justice and Equality, says the group wants to see more efforts to protect women's rights, address inequalities in society, and ensure that perpetrators of sexual crimes are held accountable. We see stigmatization going to be reduced with issues to do with HIV among women and girls, reproductive health services to be improved for the women and girls in our communities. And also, we would want to see the family law coming into place as the other way of implementing the Maputo Protocol. We want to see the anti-GBV are coming into place and women having their space, owning their space as women. Josephine Chandero, executive director of Stewart Women, organization that organized the event, says the ratification of the Maputo Protocol helps address several stereotypes affecting women, including the issue of abortion, which is considered taboo in South Sudan. Under the Maputo Protocol, there are scenarios under which um, termination of pregnancy can occur. One is through rape, uh, two is through incest, if the pregnancy was conceived uh, as a result of incest, and thirdly, if the pregnancy endangers the life of the mother or of the baby. In those three circumstances, termination of the pregnancy can occur. Abortion in South Sudan is a taboo, so this is a, a stereotype that we should do away with. Chandero says the protocol helps narrow the gap between the country's constitution and a child act which has not enforced the marriageable age of a girl. She says the ratification of the protocol will help addressing the problem of girl-child marriage, which is rampant in several communities, as well the stereotype where women are considered property in several parts of South Sudan, an antiquated customary law. Under Maputo Protocol, the age of marriage is said to be uh, 18. This is going to uh, contradict the customary practices where a girl, when she reaches her, uh, she sees her period or reaches puberty, she's seen to be an adult. But this law is here to correct that kind of stereotype. Um, thirdly, uh, there is that stereotype where women are considered as property. But Maputo Protocol is here to uh, empower us that uh, everyone has a right to own property, even in marriage. Kaunda David, an activist with the space, says that while the protocol has been ratified, the government should enforce it. 
He says the protocol shall now task the government to meet regional and international obligations by presenting progress reports on the implementation of the protocol. Some of these national instruments include the anti-GBV bill, which should be passed because it will contribute greatly to the implementation of this uh, Maputo protocol. Second is that we advocate for uh, development and passing of a family law because most of the violence happen around the family and cultural issues are embedded in the, in the family context and the cultural context. The Maputo protocol was adopted and passed in 2003 by the African Union Assembly in Maputo in an effort to eradicate persistent gender inequalities that exist throughout Africa. South Sudan is one of only a few countries on the continent that had not ratified the protocol. For VUA News, I'm working Simon Udu in Juba. Listening to South Sudan in focus on the Voice of America. Coming up, a bank in Juba works to open up more opportunities for women. Find out more after the break. South Sudan in focus is now on that sentence on Tell us what's happening in your area or give us your feedback on the stories you hear on South Sudan in Focus. We look forward to hearing from you on WhatsApp. That number again, plus one, two, zero, two, six, three, zero, eight, zero, one, one. You're listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. A bank in South Sudan is working with women in Juba who want to secure loans and other banking services. An executive with Kush Bank says that commercial bank based in Juba is exploring ways of removing obstacles that prevent women from enjoying banking privileges. A recent report by the GSMA Association, that's a group that represents the interests of mobile operators and related organizations globally, says financial inclusion in South Sudan is low, with less than 10 percent of the population having a bank account in 2017. Juliana Shiapai has more for VOA from Juba. A recent report by GSMA Association, an organization that represents the interests of mobile network operators globally, says financial inclusion in South Sudan is low. In 2017, less than 10% of the adult population in South Sudan had bank accounts at financial institutions across the country. Ryan O'Grady is the acting CEO of Kush Bank. He says women play key roles in various economic sectors across South Sudan. We have a moral obligation to do this. Helping people become banked, helping to break the barriers to financial inclusion is going to change things for the next generation. So as part of our mission, it's our moral obligation to extend these services. So that is why when we see reports talking about 6%, it's shockingly low. I think it's one of the lowest numbers on earth for financial inclusion. And that means that we have to do more. We have to reach farther. So uh, things like no fee 23. Uh, Nancy Aita William, an entrepreneur who has been banking with Kush Bank for the last four months, says 
She enjoys banking with Kush Bank and the experience at the bank is rewarding. And I love the experience, number one, away from the fact that there are no deductions that are made into my account. The fact that I can walk in here and not get long lines, because honestly, I hate banking. Sometimes I bank because I don't want to spend the money, because the thought of going to the bank and uh, making that line to withdraw money or deposit is what discourages me. But with Kush Bank, it's a different uh, experience. Amer Manyong Deng, chairperson of Women Block in charge of economic activities, says Kush Bank has different approach in customer care relations. Uh, what I like from Kush Bank, I save my little money. So anytime when I'm coming to look for it, I don't struggle like other banks. You know, when you save your money in different banks and then you are going back to look for it, you have to queue, you have to request, you have to take a lot of time for you to get back your money. But with the Quish Bank, since I came in, uh, it was good. Ryan says the mission of Kush Bank is to double the number of its branches across the country. He says there are business opportunities for bank in some remote parts of the country. I'll be happy next year where we exponentially grow because we have to reach farther and deeper into these communities. Next up for us is Malut. Uh, we're going to the heart of, of oil country because there's workers that need to be paid there. There's communities that need to be served there. There's an agricultural revolution happening there. And all of this needs access to capital. Uh, and it, it needs to be done in a more efficient and secure manner. So that's why we're going to these sorts of communities. Dozens of South Sudan women attended a one-day luncheon organized by Kush Bank to discuss financial inclusion for women who are entrepreneurs in Juba. For VOA News, I am Juliana Shiapai in Juba. It's Friday, and that means it's time to hear from you about our news coverage this week. Take it away in Jimmy. I'm James Way Majok from Bantu Town. I'm appealing to South Sudanese leader, the president and his vice president, to have his period of peace so that if they stay in peace, the country also will have peace. It seems like when the president has relieved the Minister of Veteran Affairs, Minister of Interior, plus Foreign Affairs Ministry, the mood of the country seems like the warring parties may return to war. And this is not good for our leader to come up with such a decision. As a South Sudanese citizen, I'm appealing for peace. If there's peace between leaders, then the citizen also will stay in peace. We need to have a peace, and then our children can go to school, can access a health services, and then the country will develop. Thanks. We heard from many of you this week about President Salvaquia's decision to fire Defense Minister Angelina Teng, such as Tok Chuni Yongkwai from Juba, who writes... To me, removing Minister of Defense from her position without knowledge of her party leader is not a good move. We need the two party leaders of SPLM-IG and SPLM-IO to solve it peacefully. We need peace in South Sudan, not war. Both Bim Dotai in the Juba Mangatine IDP camp says, Hello, John Tanza, Nabil Biagio, and Carol Van Dam. When His Holiness Pope Francis came to visit our country, South Sudan, we thought it would have a positive impact that may lead to real peace, as we were expecting, but it has become the opposite for our leaders. Now we don't know really where our country leaders will get advice, regardless of His Holiness Pope Francis's advice. I'm urging the international community to look at South Sudan carefully, otherwise things may not go well. 
thanks. Peter Gotch and Young Majundul in Block 3 of Boar Town writes, Dear VOA, as meeting is scheduled for Friday, I urge Machar and President Kier, our two prominent leaders, to solve their issues amicably, to pave the way for peace that will not bring conflict or increase the prolonged suffering of the South Sudanese in the IDPs and refugee camps. Johnson in Juba says... The removal of the defense minister by the president is a clear violation of the agreement and a provocation of SPLA-MIO to start a war by President Salva Kiir. The Pope must hear this development in South Sudan by the leaders who promised not to take South Sudan back into war. James Roy Majuk from Unity State Benchu Town writes... I'm appealing to South Sudanese leaders, especially the president and his vice president, to have a spirit of bringing peace to the country. Since the Minister of Defense and Veteran Affairs was relieved by President Salva Kiir Mayadit, political tensions is rising among the warring parties who are the signatories to the peace agreement. Kiir and Riak should come up with a good decision which can unite South Sudanese citizens. Thomas Kuntoch in Old Fangak Payam of Jongle State says, Hello VOA, South Sudan in focus. The unilateral decision from His Excellency President Kier to remove the Defense Minister and Interior Minister without involvement of the other parties' participation and swap them is a very clear violation of the 2018 Revitalized Peace Accord. Pope Francis wasted his time to visit South Sudan saying more words about peace. Madin Al-Malwal Aluong in Juba writes, Our leaders benefit a lot from the endless chaos, conflicts of wars, and that's why they'll always try to create some sort of chaotic situation to keep themselves in power. At this speed, I don't think the peace agreement will hold because the silence of the regional bodies and the international community on the current standoff here in Juba is a clear manifestation that they will tire off. Ladu Samson in Juba says, Hello, South Sudan in focus. Kindly pass the following message to my fellow residents of Juba City. Mata Jada Wasaka Sambala. Jada Wasaka fill Mahal Ta Wasaka. Meaning, do not dispose garbage anyhow. Dump garbage into a garbage bin or into a designated place. Thanks. Martin Manial Wugol in Juba writes, Hello, John and Nabil. I would like to congratulate Honorable Minister Deng Dao Malek, Deputy Minister elevated to the Minister of Foreign Affairs and International Cooperation. As a veteran freedom fighter and politician, Deng Dao will definitely add achievements and successes he has done during his time in office. Mabo Alat Rengor in Rumbek of Lake States says, Hello VOA News Desk. As the world celebrated International Women's Day on March 8th to recognize women across the globe, I am appreciating my own mother, Teresa Nuliet Maniel Ater, for the great care she gave me. Mother Teresa, you carried me nine months in your womb and endured labor pain during my birth and nursing me for two years and educating me to reach this level. Thank you, Mother. I dedicated this day to you and other women, especially Mama Angelina Adele Malwal, who also plays a great role of educating people. Daniel Dut Dakbai from Rakhmajuk in Lake States writes, Hello VOA, as the world commemorates Women's International Day on 8th of March, I would like to appreciate and thank my beloved mother, Mary Duol Magwen, for her care and protection she has been rendering to me right from conception until today. Dear mother, without your care, 
I would not have reached this milestone. I wish all mothers a happy International Women's Day. Samuel Rimo Inye says, Hello, Kelvin Dam and John Tanza. Happy International Women's Day. We are naturally created in the image of God, regardless of sex or gender, but should respect each other because men are born by women and women are born by men. Thanks. The opinions expressed here do not reflect the views of VOA or of this program. We appreciate hearing from so many of you. Keep those comments coming. And thank you, Dimyaki. That wraps it up for us this Friday. Don't forget to check out voaafrica.com for all your favorite programs and news updates. If you somehow miss this broadcast, just head on over to www.voaafrica.com backslash South Sudan. We now leave you with the song Cider by JJ Musica. Baba, not cider. I'm your host, Carol Van Dam in Washington. On behalf of our engineer, Kyla Williams, and producer Kwame Afori, thanks for joining us. Have a safe weekend and join us again on Monday for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America.